Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm going to open up with a story that began when I was in sixth grade. And uh, my dad worked midnight turns, so my mom always, in the summer, tried to keep us outside. And she would take us to this public pool. And uh, some of you may remember it. It's closed now, but it was on Route 46 up in Cortland called Smelko's. And uh, we were there a lot in the summer. And I had, I had uh, six brothers, so mom would take all of us boys out there. And my oldest brother, Jim, is five and a half years older. And then Tony's four years older. And then my brother Dave, who's in heaven, he was 18 months older. And then there was me. I was number four. And uh, so I'm in sixth grade. And they had this high dive. And to me, it seemed like it was 100 feet back then, probably 15 feet or so. And my brothers are jumping off, all my older brothers. And I'm there as a sixth grader thinking, I want to jump off so bad. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I'd get close to the ladder, and then I'd walk away. And I just couldn't do it. And no one made fun of me that first day. But that whole summer of my sixth grade year, I kept thinking the next time I'll do it. And every time I went to do it, I chickened out. I didn't do it. Then my older brothers began to tease me like older brothers do. And I made it through that entire summer, never jumped off because of fear. And so seventh grade came, and I thought, now I'm going to do it. Seventh grader, big guy. And uh, you know what? The first week I didn't do it. Everybody's teasing me now. My brothers are getting guys they know from there to tease me, calling me a sissy and all kinds of other names. And, and you know what? Each week I went back, I, I had fear I couldn't do it. Then I hit eighth grade. And I thought, wow, you know, this is, some of you are like me, but you know I was this height in eighth grade. I stopped growing at all in eighth grade. And uh, so I'm an eighth grader. I'm a big guy for eighth grade. I weighed 165 pounds in great shape. And, um, and I thought, I have to do it this year. And I remember walking to that ladder, getting close. People are behind me. It was really popular. And then I walked away. Do you know, every week, my eighth grade year, I chickened out. And I really got rasped. Then I hit ninth grade. I thought, I have to do it this summer. Now I'm the same height, but I'm about 185 pounds. And, and I'm thinking, I can't be afraid of a high dive like at this age and this, this time. So I remember the first week we're there in the summer. And mom's still taking us. My mom and dad were so strict. They didn't let us do things alone. And they kept me out of prison. So I'm thankful for that. So <laughs> I remember climbing up. And then once you're on the platform, you have no choice. And I wanted to back out. And there's no way to go down the ladder without being teased for the rest of my life. So I have to jump. And I'll never forget jumping off. And I'm going into the water. I hit the water. And I come up. And here's, here's, here's what happened. I thought, that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. I can't believe that I went all these years and this thing called fear froze me from doing something that was absolutely a blast. And today we're going to talk about this thing, fear, and we're going to talk about how we can conquer it in our lives. And if you weren't with us last week, happy new year, brand new year, new series. And we started a series titled Hashtag Goals. And, uh, you know, on social media, goals are really, really a big deal. And you'll see hashtag life goals and hashtag relationship goals and hashtag fitness goals. And for you young people, hashtag boo goals and all these different goals connected to relationships, right? And, uh, and here's what I want to do in this series. I want to help us all with our goals. And I want to take us from setting goals to getting goals. Because setting a goal is like a New Year's resolution, and I've failed so many times with New Year's resolutions. And we want to go past setting goals to 
getting goals. And today we, we want to talk about what I would consider the number one thing that will stop us from attaining goals. I titled this hashtag Goal Stoppers. That's the name of this lesson. And if you weren't with us last week, you have to listen to it. Because last week I talked about these six principles that all of us can work in order to attain any goal we want to attain. I gave you examples of goals I have attained as a result of these principles. And I'm just going to go over them real quick. Uh, the first one is you have to name your goal. And remember, that's the end, that's the end result. That's where you want to end up. And it has to be exciting. It has to energize you. The next one is you have to break down your goals, right? You have to have steps to get to them. The next one is you have to prioritize your goals. You have to put it on a calendar. You have to put it on a day. If you don't, if you don't prioritize it and get it on a calendar, you'll never do it. And then you have to future your goals, and you have to listen to the lesson to find out what that is. And then you have to evaluate your goals, and then you have to fight for your goals. And if you do these six principles, and remember, we don't do them on our own. It doesn't become a list. It's not just our own strength. It's by God's grace. It's God's helping us to accomplish this incredible thing. So listen, if you do these six things, you will attain your goals, but there's this one thing lurking in the background. It's called fear, and it will try to stop you from attaining your goals. And this is my point of this lesson. I always have a point. So for hashtag goal stoppers, my point is fear freezes our future. And I want you to walk out not only understanding that fear will freeze your future, I want you to walk out understanding that you can conquer fear. And I want to give you, give you aid in, in conquering your fear. So uh, here, here's the number one fear that has stopped me from going forward, and I call it fear of past failures. And the fear of past failures will stop all of us from stepping out of the boat. It stops every single one of us. And over the years, just by reading the Bible, God's opened up my heart and eyes, and He showed me three things that will free you from the fear of past failures. Just three simple things. So I want to talk to you about those three things, and here's the first one. You and I have to come to a place where we realize failures are inevitable. In other words, they're going to happen. And uh, I had to learn this. I didn't understand it at first. And some of you are what I would call, you're really positive people, and that's a good thing. Keep it up. You want to say everything possible that you can possibly say, and that's good. Keep it up. And so I'm not speaking negative over your life, but I just want you to know um, failure is inevitable. We all will fail no matter how much homework we do, no matter how much planning we do. We're going to fail. And I have a story, and at first you may wonder, what does this have to do with failures are inevitable? But it's going to help you remember it for the rest of your life. And uh, the story goes like this. Th this happened when I was 43, so 15 years ago. And uh, by the way, I had a great bladder at the time. But this happened 15 years ago, and still do. So, so, so here it is. I have this appointment at the church office, but I have six errands I have to run. I have to run six errands. And so I go to the first store, I do what I have to do, and then I have to pee really bad. But I think, I don't have time. My last stop is Sheets right here on the corner. I thought I'll go to the bathroom at Sheets while I'm filling up my car. I had to fill up my car because after this meeting at church, I had to drive about 45 minutes to another meeting, and I didn't have time to get gas. I was low. I thought, so I'll do it all during that time. And then I go to my second place, and oh, it's worse. And then I go to the third place, and now I'm thinking, I should stop, I should stop, but I, I don't have time. I'll do it at Sheets. And then I get to number four. Now I'm like, mm, you know, doing, doing, just trying not to. And then I get to five, and it's like, I can't. I'm almost to sheets, and I hold on. So I get the sheets right here, corner. Did I tell you it was sub-zero, freezing, <laughs> Christmas, Christmassy weather? So 
I'm getting out of my car and I thought, I should run in right now and use their bathrooms. They have great bathrooms. And I thought, well, let me get the gas going. So, so I thought, I'm going to get the gas going, put my credit card in, put the gas in. And just when I did, the dam broke. And, uh, and, and here I am, 43 years old, I'm peeing my pants <laughs> in the Sheets parking lot. And I, I mean, I'm Pastor Joe from Believers, you know. And, and uh, people are everywhere. And, and, and I'm just like, oh, no. And, you know, halfway I thought I can stop it, but it, I waited too long. There was no stopping it. And uh, it was warm for five seconds. That was it. Five seconds. And then it was frozen. So I got all those towels out, put them on my seat, drove over here. Thankfully, I had a, an extra pair of pants here. And I got into my meeting, and I was so ashamed. Here's why I shared the story. I was so ashamed. I couldn't say a word to anybody about it. And one day, God just spoke to me, and he said, you know what? Failures are inevitable. You just, you just have to understand, things are going to happen. And God freed me. You know, how, you know how much he freed me? I'm telling the whole world right now, right? So I'm free, right? I don't care. It happened, right? Failure is inevitable. And, and I'm hoping you'll never forget this story for that reason. L listen to Proverbs 24, 16. Um, the godly may trip seven times, seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Here, here's the thought here. God's saying, hey, you're going to fail, but here's the good news. God will help us get up over and over and over and over again. That's what God's saying. And there's this guy, all of us know who he is, uh, Thomas Edison, right? I, I would say arguably the greatest inventor that ever lived. Um, he had over 2,000 patents. That's remarkable. Um, he invented the modern-day light bulb. Uh, he invented the phonograph, the record player. So everybody my age, we remember the record players, right? And he invented the motion uh, picture camera. Think about that, guys. Uh, Hollywood you started because he invented a camera, and he was brilliant. But he had this really good friend, uh, Walter Mallory, and here's what Walter said. He said, isn't it a shame that with the tremendous amount of work you've done, you haven't been able to get any results? He had failure after failure. And here's Edison's answer. He said, results? Why, man, I've gotten lots of results. I know several thousand things that won't work. I'm failing myself to success. I like that. Can we give a shout and just say, yeah, for that, man? I'm glad he didn't stop. You know what? I don't want you to stop because there's some things God wants to do in your life and if you don't understand failure is inevitable, you'll never start up again. You'll just be frozen because fear freezes our future. Here's the second thing I learned. Failures must be forgotten. They just have to be forgotten. You and I have to forget failures. And uh, Another story. This is a husband-wife story, you know, the marriage story, little disagreement story. And it had to do with um, and in, uh, this investment, but let me tell you what happened in my heart. Um, I had a financial goal. My, my financial goal was hashtag financial freedom, and the church pays me well. They take care of me, but you know, at the time, this is about 20 years ago, um, I, I had four kids. They're young, and all money's being eaten up. I'm putting a little away for retirement, you know, and I just wanted to be financially free. I thought about buying homes and flipping them, but I'm working over 60 hours a week, and I'm not mechanical or good with my hands at all. So that, that wasn't an option for me. And I just wanted financial freedom. And I was praying and praying. And then some of my friends told me about this investment. And it was so crazy. I just laughed at them when I first heard it. And this company was buying 
uh, free cable time and for pennies and then selling it you know a little bit higher and these people were doubling their money monthly which when I heard it I said that's a joke but I had some friends that kept showing me their checks and every every month they received a check double of what they put in and they're putting this into the bank and over a year passed and I just said it's too good to be true I'm not going to touch it I should have should have kept stayed there right so after about a year I talked to my wife I said honey we need to invest and and you know how great our wives are she just says I have a feeling this isn't good and I said honey I don't go by feelings I'm a man of faith and uh, you know she said I don't think you should do it and I'm like oh it'll be okay to be okay and I talked her into it but again I'm at a time in my life where I don't have free cash so but I had a home equity line of credit and and so I talked my wife into me taking 15 grand out and I said I'll pay it back as soon as we double you know and so I remember giving them the first check and a month later I received a check for 30 grand I put it in the bank and it cleared now wouldn't you think at that time it would have been smart to pay the home equity loan off and but no I wanted to make 60 instead of 30 and so I said let's do it one more time and I put the I put that in there and I ended up doubling I had 60 grand so now all of a sudden this company decides to change everything and they said we're gonna have a big meeting it was uh, it was out of state or out of town I should say and all these people that I know from the community some very well-known people in good big positions we're all in this meeting we've all been investing and they said we're gonna just make it so you can get in you have to get in now you put whatever amount you want in and then you'll get this monthly you know increase and and you'll get this doubling every month and so like a dummy my wife's saying, I don't have a good feeling. I just don't like this guy. Something about that guy. And I'm like, honey, look, look, we, we doubled our money twice, you know? And so uh, I put the whole 60 and should have paid the 15 off, right? But I didn't. And then I received my first check, right? And, um, and, and I cashed it. And it's in the bank, I should say. And then I receive a call that it bounced. And then I found out everybody else had invested our checks bounce and it was a Ponzi scheme and it was an elaborate Ponzi screen, uh, uh, scheme and I ended up losing that money now let me tell you my wife was gracious she forgave me real real quick but I could I, I just couldn't I couldn't forget it I just f couldn't forget it and I was just kicking myself in the dupa I was so so upset with myself and it wasn't life-threatening I mean it hurt I had to pay off you know this is all personal I had to pay off that 15 grand but it wasn't something that devastated and destroyed my life and some people were devastated from it and I'll never forget God speaking to me and just saying to me you need to let that go you need to forget it just just forget it and go on with your life and this phrase is a phrase I love yesterday ended last night isn't that pretty cool so guys at 12 a.m. last night yesterday ended and you're in a new day and, and here's why you want to forget the past. God can't do something new. God can't bless you if fear is freezing you. It will freeze your, your future. You have to forget it and you need to go on. And there's a cool scripture. I love this scripture. Isaiah 43, 18 reads, uh, forget the former things, do not dwell on them. Now God's speaking to Israel, but the principle is the same for everyone that's a child of God. He goes on to say, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And here's what I heard as I prepared for this message. 
There are some of you that are so frozen by past failures. God's saying, number one, you need to understand they're inevitable. Number two, you need to forget about it and, and you need to go on because if you don't forget about it and let it go, it's going to hold you trap, uh, in a trap and God can't do the new thing. And I am convinced, and this is what I want to say to everyone in this room, God wants to do some new things in your life. And God wants to take your wilderness, whatever it is, in whatever area, spiritual, personal, He wants to take your wilderness and He wants to turn it into a life-giving, uh, just beautiful, gorgeous thing. But He can't do it until you forget and you let go and you go forward. And this is something... I just want to help all of us understand. Here's, here's the third thing. Uh, you and I have to understand failures are forgiven. And that's really huge. Really, really huge. You know, the way I grew up, I grew up Catholic and I learned incredible things uh, from the Catholic Church. I'm so thankful. But this might only be true for me, not maybe for other people that grew up Catholic. But I really struggled with my image of God thinking He was always mad at me and thinking about the fact I had to work for God to forgive me. And that was just a big deal of my, a big part of my upbringing. I also was brought up Italian, and that's pretty much the Italian culture too, right? And, and so uh, I had this attitude after making mistakes that it was going to take a while for God to forgive me, and He wasn't really quick to forgive me. And I'll never forget, I had another goal early on. Of course, uh, social media wasn't there, but I'm, I'm bringing it up to, to, to social media terms. And, and it was hashtag pure a pure life and i just wanted to live a pure life in case you don't know my background i accepted christ at 19 and before i accepted christ i was heavily into pornography heavily into sexual sin i hadn't met my wife yet i'm a single guy and so i began to read the bible and i noticed in the bible that jesus talked about us being sexually pure until we're married and so i made a commitment to him i laid it all down like that fourth song today you know and i said god i'm going to give you this part of my life i want to be sexually pure and I'll never forget the first time I failed, and it was all mental, but first time I failed, man, I, I just couldn't believe it. And it, it took me months to think God forgave me. Then the second time, then the third time, and I was so frustrated. And God had to open up my eyes as a young believer to help me understand failures are forgiven. Whether they're a personal goal, like the other one I told you about, the investment, they're forgiven. And we have to forgive ourselves. And there's this really cool verse of Scripture in the Bible. Uh, I'm going to read the message translation to you. And I just like the phrase they use. And it goes like this. Psalm 130, verse 3. If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? Sure, certainly not I. Verse 4. As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. Mm, I like that. And that's why you're worshipped. Guys, that's absolutely incredible. And when I think of God, that's how I think of Him now. Obviously, I want to live pure. I want to live a good life. I want to follow the Bible in every area. And in every area of my life, I remind myself, God's habit is to forgive. All of us have habits, don't we? And usually our habits are negative, right? God only has positive habits. And aren't you excited that your God is in the habit of forgiving? And we know, we know the theology behind it. We know it's because Jesus died for our sins. And we know that he made us holy and blameless and without fault in God's sight. We know we can't work for our salvation. We know God loves us regardless of what, whether or not we're perfect. But we have to remind our heads of it. We have to understand failures are forgiven. Let me ask you a question. Are you excited that your failures are forgiven and I want you to go forth from this place on 
understanding your failures. Let's give it up, man, are forgiven. They're forgiven. Now, listen to this. I, I, I just wrote this down. I thought it was cool. God's not only the God of second chances. He's the God of another chance. And, and we hear he's the God of second chances. But I, I need 10, 11, 12. I need, I, I need more, way more than two. I don't know about you. So I just like to say he's the God of another chance, man. And in your life, he's the God of another chance. So fear freezes our future and fear of past failures. It will kill us. But if we can understand it, it's inevitable, has to be forgotten, and it's forgiven. We, we can break loose. And then here's the other type of fear. It will manifest itself a whole nother way. And I call it fear of future failures. And that's us being afraid to step out and get out of the boat. And there's a cool story in the Bible that has to do with Joshua. Many of you know who he is. But Moses, God raised him up as a leader. He delivered the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt. He was the leader that did that. They end up uh, in the wilderness. They're on the other side of the Red Sea. And Moses thought, well, God promised us the land of Canaan. And uh, that's part of where Israel is today. Uh, it was much bigger than that. And uh, here's what God said to them. He said, he said to Moses, he said to Abraham, he said the Canaanites and all the inhabitants, that's why we call it the land of Canaan, all the ites were in there. And he said, all those inhabitants have sinned so badly, I've given them decade upon decade to repent. They refuse to repent. And now the land is going to spit them out. And he says, I'm going to use you to get them out. And I'm going to give you their land because of their evilness and their refusal to repent. So Moses knew this. And so Moses sent 12 spies into the land. This is right after they come out of Egypt. And these 12 spies go into the land. One of them's Joshua, one's Caleb. Then there's 10 other guys. And the 10 come back with what the Bible calls a bad report, right? And uh, here's what they say. They say, Everything God said is true. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's some grapes. Here's some produce. Incredible land. But then they said, but the inhabitants are giants. And man, we're just grasshoppers. They're going to step on us. And, and they said they have walled cities and there's no way for us to conquer. And then Joshua and Caleb stepped out. You know what they said? They said, that's all true, but God's on our side. And then they went on to say, God's going to make them our lunch. We're going to eat them up like their lunch. We're going we're to conquer them. But Israel would not come along with Josh and Caleb. So God said, for 40 years, 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. And here's why. He said, we're going to allow that, this generation to die. And I'm going to let your kids go into the promised land. We have to get rid of fear. God has to get rid of fear before he can do something powerful. So now... 40 years are up, Moses dies, Joshua's the leader, and when Joshua was in the wilderness, man, he was courageous, a man of faith, he fought battles, and he won battles, and he, he was just incredible, but now he's ready to cross the Jordan, he's ready to conquer that first city, Jericho, and God appears to him, and God speaks something to him, and apparently he needed it, but I think, boy, if he needed it, how much more do I need it? How much more do all of us need it? Because some of us have reached goals, but then we set another one that's a little bigger, and we're hesitant to step out. And, and here's what God said to him. He's saying it to us. Joshua 1.9, he says, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And here's the fear stopper, knowing God's with us. And, and that's what he's saying. He says, I need you to be fearless, but here's why you need to be fearless. 
I'm with you. And he's speaking to a man that's experienced God being with him. And I love what the Bible teaches us about this thing, God is with us. Because God said to Abraham, he said to Moses, he said, I will go before you. That's pretty cool. I'll be there before you get there and I'll take care of things. He said, I'll be with you. And he said, I've got your back. I'll be behind you. And that's what he's saying to Joshua. And there's this one episode that just blows my mind in the Bible. Israel had this army or, or armies come out against them. And uh, these armies were way more powerful. And without God's help, there's no way for them to win. And uh, God did this incredible thing, but it took him years and years to set it up. And it just shows us that right now, God's working in your behalf for a month from now, for a year from now. And you and I have to have that confidence. God's taking care of things before we even arrive and before we even step out. God's taking care of things. You know what he did? He increased the hornet population and he caused billions and billions and billions of hornets to be born and all in a, the right area. And then when Israel had to face this army and it looked so bleak, guess what happened? God sent the hornets. The hornets attacked these armies and they're biting these guys all over. These guys were so freaked out, they, kill, they killed each other. And Israel comes up and they don't even have to fight. And I want to just leave you with this thought. God wants to do that in your life. And it may not be hornets, but they're invisible hornets that God's sending before you. And I want you to walk out of here understanding, hey, don't have any fear of past failures, but please don't have any fear of future failures. You know why? God's going before you. God's with you. God's behind you. And God has your back. God has your front side. God's preparing already for victories in your life. So when it comes to attaining goals, can we all agree with this? And this is going to happen today. It's going to happen this week. God's going to drop some goals, personal and spiritual in your heart that are bigger than your ability and god wants you to know he has you covered can can we give god thanks one more time and say thank you god it's absolutely amazing he has every one of us covered the students in here uh, uh couples with young families uh people my age people older everybody in between he has us all covered let's close our eyes let's bow our heads let's pray let's 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 really let god minister life to our hearts today lord i thank you for this opportunity to teach uh, this incredible message we thank you lord that we don't have to be one of the people that fear freezes our future we thank you that we have an incredible future and that you're the one that takes a wilderness and turns it into the most beautiful lush land ever and i thank you for doing that in our lives so lord our heads are bowed our eyes are closed for some of us you're ministering life to us concerning past failures and you're freeing us right now make it real to us they're inevitable they have to be forgotten and they're forgiven and lord some of us you're giving us some big goals in our lives and i thank you lord for making us aware that you're with us and there's nothing we can't accomplish that you put into our heart to accomplish lord we love you thanks for ministering life heads are bowed eyes are closed I want to give one invitation before I close today. If you're here and you're not sure if you're forever, you're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, I, I want to speak to you. And right now I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. Nothing wrong with any of them. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day when you made it personal and real with Jesus? That's the only way to go to heaven. 
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever calls on me, he says, I'll save their soul. Jesus said, you can't work for your salvation. You just simply have to believe in me. And that's what I did when I was 19. And of course, it's been a journey. I've had failures, but I've never stopped following Jesus. And he keeps growing me and he keeps growing all of us in this room. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's what I'm asking you right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember doing that, but I'm ready today. Would you from your heart pray with me? A miracle will happen if you do it. So heads are bowed, eyes closed. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. And this day, I repent for all my sins. And I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.